Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast. For music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. All right, we have a special, very special guest speaker, my lovely daughter, Emily McLeod. <laughs> so we're going to, yeah, let's celebrate her. Come on. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just thank you for Emily. We say even now, increase the anointing on her life. Let her bring this word unhindered, spirit of wisdom and revelation on her uh, and through her so we can know you better, know your ways, and we give you praise in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, I actually wanted to start off and just want to honor my parents who have faithfully served at Harvest Sound for 29 years longer. Can, can we just honor them for a second? Wow. I'm just so blessed by them and by the Harvest Sound staff. Like, I just want to honor Harvest Sound staff and the elders. Each of you have so faithfully served and I am so blessed to learn and to glean from each of you. So I appreciate you and our Harvest Sound Church. So it's amazing. So special. So today, the message that I've been praying about is hiddenness to greatness. We're going to break down. If you're taking notes, it's going to be 12 points, breaking down 1 Kings chapter 17. So you can turn in your Bibles to... 1 Kings 17, and I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your word, and I just ask, Lord, that you would give us all, that we could glean from the rich fruit of your word, and may it bear much fruit in Jesus' name. So if everyone could stand for the reading of God's word, we are going to read 1 Kings 17, 1 through 7. Now, Elijah... The Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The Lord said, Leave here. Turn eastward. Hide in the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, as I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him, and he went to the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook, and sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. You may be seated. So the context of this story, just a little bit about Elijah and where, what we're diving into, we're talking about this season of um, being in the, this Kirith season, being by a river, and what, what that actually means. The Elijah, he had just been um, in the land with King Ahab, and his wife Jezebel had established worship of Baal and, throughout the entire northern kingdom. And so Elijah actually uh, was sent as a prophet to say, because you have turned away from the Lord, because you've turned to these idols, uh, I, there's going to be a famine. There's going to be a famine. There's going to be a drought. And so that was just what was happening. There's going to be years of drought because the Lord said, I'm going to preserve you, but there's going to be drought and famine in the land because you, um, 
have turned from my ways. So in this scripture right here, 1 Kings 17, what we're talking about is what the Lord's in explicit instructions to Elijah. So the brook Cherith, or Kerith, um, what is that? So the word Kerith, it means to cut away, to separate. So in this season, when there was a drought in the land, Elijah was actually asked by the Lord to come away, to separate, to separate himself, and to literally be fed and to be nurtured by the Lord. There is this promise that he was going to um, go into the land and see um, the miraculous. And further on in his story, he ends up going to Mount Carmel, and there's an incredible showdown between Baal and the idols and the fire of heaven coming down. But what about that in-between season? And what about in our lives when we have those promises from the Lord, but we haven't yet seen the fulfillment of that? And we're in this waiting place, and we're in this place of being tuck in, tucked away. And this is this hiddenness. So this is like a, this brook, Kerith. It means, again, to separate, to cut off, to be cut off. And it's a river. It may be a place in our lives, a moment where we have this hiddenness and this intimacy with the Lord, where we're stripped away of things of this world that are not of the Lord, where our character can be transformed during this time, and where even the places, um, Evan actually spoke on Friday, and it was a powerful word about purity and heart, and things like Jesus being the center and being our rock, and what if he took everything else away? What if he took everything else away? Is that enough? And that's this, this season. I don't know if y'all are in a season of Kerith right now or in life. We go through these seasons of being stripped away. And that's what this was, this preparation season. It was this hiddenness season that Elijah went through to get to the greatness, to that Mount Carmel experience. But it was this season of being chipped away and um, stripped away, even of the things, of the desires. God has placed amazing desires in each of us and dreams. And sometimes in this particular season of a Kareth season, it's where God is testing the heart. He's testing our hearts. And so actually the first, the first point is, number one, keep the faith. As the Lord God of Israel lives. That's how this passage starts. Um, the Elijah, is, his reality is the Lord. Like, the Lord was Elijah's supreme reality. He was everything to Elijah. And the Lord is testing our hearts to say, okay, if I took everything away from you, even the desires in your hearts. Like, for <laughs> yesterday, um, I had a desire to get a fish. And so lovely, Jesse. I mean, there are certain desires in our, in our lives that can be fulfilled pretty instantaneously. So I really wanted a fish, and Jesse and I went and picked out this amazing, beautiful betta fish. And I'm so thankful that was fulfilled quickly. But there are other desires that the Lord places in our, in our hearts and in our... Um, but those things are, like, very... Um, could take years. For example, waiting on a healing or a breakthrough um, or a job promotion for years or waiting on a spouse um, or waiting on a reconciliation with a friend. Um, years or family restoration, sometimes those take a long time. Those are uncomfortable and those are those desires that maybe those are really good things that we desire and we haven't seen those 
be fulfilled yet, but the Lord wants to. But we, in that first one, we keep the faith as the Lord of God, Israel lives. We remind ourselves of the reasons why the Lord is alive in our lives and that he's purifying and he's testifying, testing and trying our hearts. The next point is um, in that scripture, it says, hear the word of the Lord. To Elijah, he came not in the storm, but he came as a still, small voice in the cave. And how often do we, are we taking the time to quiet ourselves and to get rid of the distractions so we can actually hear what he is saying? So that's the first thing. Second point was hear the word of the Lord. The next point is to turn eastward. That's what the Lord's instructions were to him. He said, now turn eastward. When we think of the east, we think of the sun. I think of the sun, the sunrise. The sun rises. That's a new hope, new dawn. And when the Lord, it's a symbol of hope and a new horizon and what the Lord's doing. Um, and so sometimes even he is testing our hearts so that we can fully see what he's doing. Um, and Second Chronicles 7:14. He says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, they're turning. It's a literal turning away. It's a turning and a repenting of those things so that we can truly receive what we have. We, we have to turn from our old ways and, and see the new horizon. So he turns eastward. And what does that look like? for us to turn to the Lord with all of our hearts, to turn from um, the things that would be distracting us. The next point is, he says, go hide yourself. Now, how many of us get like so excited to go be, be hidden? Just, yay, <laughs> no one can see me, that's great. You know, it's the exact opposite of what uh, human nature desires to be seen, to be known, to be loved. Those are deep desires in our hearts. But literally, the Lord said, all right, there's going to be a famine. I told you to prophesy that to the land. Now go hide yourself. And he's like, wait, I thought you were using me as a prophet. I thought I was going to go preach, and I was going to see so many uh, come to the Lord, and you're telling me to go by a brook? That makes no sense. You know, Elijah was actually by this brook for three years. We're not talking about a little go sit by, be fed by the ravens for a day. We're talking about three years where he literally had to live off the sustenance of this one river and the being fed by the ravens. And so he, sometimes we have to get away. We have to get away into a quiet place. And I don't know about y'all, but I really feel the Lord in nature and just getting out in nature and just quieting. Um, Eagle's Landing is such a special place um, of our land, just like experiencing the Lord right there um, in nature. I encourage you, like wherever you need to go to experience the Lord, to be in a hidden place, like the Lord celebrates that because even Matthew 6, 6, he says, go into your room and pray in secret in the hidden place. And um, the Lord in the last few years of my life has actually quite literally placed me in some places that were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> there was a place in um, close to Memphis that I ended up living, uh, two cities. One was called Covington, the other one was Stanton. 
And um, that was, no one had heard of Stanton. Like I was placed there and I was sure I was gonna get my clinical placement for nurse practitioner in Nashville. I was like, I was confident. I was like, Lord, I know you're good to me. You're gonna give me a place 10 minutes down from Harvest Sound so I can come and be here every, every few minutes. And it was gonna be great. And then I got the farthest placement in the entire school, which was almost three hours away. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in a little town that no one had heard of before, except for Reed and his family. Shout out to Reed uh, and his family providing my the housing. Um, but literally, that was a place of being shut away. I was in this little cabin in the middle of nowhere, and I had in crazy encounters with the Lord. Like, I have a journals, journal pages filled with things, because literally, the whole world was cut off, cut off. And I could hear his voice so clearly. I felt him stripping things away. And even also in my season when I went to Birmingham, the Lord took me to this place. I ended up having a secret place with the Lord, which was the botanical gardens. And I would go there and just spend time with him there. And I encourage you, what is your place? What's your hiding place? And write that down. Like, what is your hiding place? And the Lord wants to give it for here and now. We all have to have our hiding place. And the hiding place for last season is not good enough for this season. We need one now. We need, we need his current place to, to rest and to be reset with him. Jesus went into the desert. David was hidden in the caves. Elijah was hidden in the caves. There's this, this theme of hiddenness to greatness. And so what if we embrace it? Number five is hiddenness is a gift. It actually is a gift to be tucked away from the, from the world, to be hidden in the, eye, the, the eyes of the world, but not to the eyes of the Lord. Um, Psalms 119, it says, Your word I have hid in my heart so I might not sin against you. Like, like Evan was speaking on Friday night, like, what if we actually took this time to hide away with the Lord and allow him to write his word on the tablet of our hearts? that we get it so that it's literally overflowing in this effervescent place that we can give from a place of being completely secure in him that we are not performing because we, we know the love of the Father in such a deep way that we are not being trying to be seen by others but because we, we're seen by the Father, and that's enough. Like that we get to the place where when he sees us, it's more than enough. And being seen by the Lord... What does that look like for you to be seen by the Lord? God speaks to us in all different ways. For me, it's oftentimes through the weather. Because <laughs> I know it's only the Lord that can control that. And so it's something that I see, oh my gosh, I'm like, wow, oh my goodness. One time for my born-again birthday, the day that I had accepted the Lord, I was like, Lord, I really would love a double rainbow please. It's only from you. I know it's only from you. And I remember driving home from Stanton, literally like looking every two seconds all day long, like, where's this double rainbow? There was just like no rain in sight. And I was like, dang it, this is, this is not even close to what I was hoping for. And uh, all day long goes by. And then we get home and we go to, I go to dinner with my parents and my mom says, come, come outside. And I was like, what is it? And she's like, it's a pretty sunset. And I'm like, oh, man, it's a pretty sunset. I didn't want a pretty sunset. I want a double rainbow. So I go outside, and it's a beautiful, fiery sunset. 
And then all of a sudden, it was as if the Lord took his fingers and went like this, right before my eyes, giant double rainbow. At the very end of that day, when I had almost lost faith that the Lord was going to do it, he did it. And that's him. That's what he wants to do for each of us. He he wants um, to do things for us where only the Lord did that. Only the Lord did that. You know you're seen by him. You're seen by him in the little details of the flowers and the butterflies and the intricacies. Um, Take the time to see the Lord in the little things because it will build our faith for the great things that he's doing in the earth, for the souls and for healings and for salvations. If we can build the faith on the little things that you know he's faithful. The next point is, this one's a hard one, allow yourself to be cut by the Lord. Kirith, it means to cut, to be cut, to be uh, set apart, to be separate. Um, It's a place of wrestling and struggle and chiseling of character where we're forged in the fires I don't know if any of y'all have felt like you've been in a season of being forged, transformed. Um, but like, I really feel even with the, what was happening in the world with COVID, we globally had a hidden away season. There was, I mean, I would never wish it on anyone ever again, but we did have a season where everyone was was separated from the world and shut down. And what if God wanted to use that to get his bride sharpened and to cut away the things that are not of the Lord, those things that were just um, excess that he wants to prune. There's, there's the theme of in the Old Testament and then into the New Testament, the new vine. He wants to prune and he wants, to bear, he wants our lives to bear much more fruit. So, for example, Jacob wrestled with the Lord. Like this season of Kerith, the cutting... It's not easy, but Jacob wrestled with the Lord, but he came out the other side. He was wounded, but he was transformed. He was transformed. What if we allowed the Lord into the pain, allowed the Lord into loss, allowed the Lord into the grief so we could come out transformed on the other side? Jonah was hidden in a fish, (laughs) and he was swallowed, but that fish literally carried him from one place into his destiny where he was supposed to set people free. Um... David was in a place where he was hidden. Zechariah, I mean, there was persecution in this place. He was, yeah, stoned to death for, for speaking up for the name of the Lord. Jesus himself was cut open and broken for us. And then he was exalted to be king of kings and Lord over heaven and earth. So even in the cutting, the Lord has a plan. So even in the cutting, he is, he's very precise. He's gentle. He doesn't give us more than what we can handle if we allow him into that, into that, that peace. And a dear friend and pastor in this house um, who had recently passed, Courtney Cortez, that we all love, um, I remember her telling me um, about a month before she had passed, she said, wow, I am living I feel like I'm living a Bible story. I feel like my life is a Bible story. Like what is happening is something great that I don't even understand and that generations will, will talk about. She said that. And what if each of us 
choose to be part of that Bible story, that we are living. It's not just the stories of old, but like right now the Lord is writing and weaving this beautiful story, and we all get to be part of this, this storyline with the Lord and what he's doing in the earth to bring freedom. The next point is number seven, allow the river to flow. So we empty ourselves. We empty ourselves so that God can flow through us. In this place where we're emptying ourselves of um, those, a testing of the desires um, of anything else that won't bring life. Getting rid of that so that if you look, if you ever looked at a brook or a river, it's always moving and it never slows down and it's always fresh and there's never, there's constant movement. What if we allowed ourselves to flow with the river of the Lord, the rivers of living water to flow through our lives, to cleanse and to purify um, and yeah, to cleanse our hearts so that we can see the Lord. Mm. So actually, I just wanted to pray this right now. Um, Lord Jesus, allow your rivers of living water to wash away all the dirt and all the debris to purify our hearts and cleanse our minds. Empty us of our own dreams and desires so that we can live out your dreams and your desires for our lives, which are so much better than what we had in mind. In Jesus' name. Yeah. So allowing the river to flow. And that brook, that Carith, flows into the Jordan. So it's actually like streams, the power of unity. We're not meant to do this alone. It comes together and it flows in. So that, that season of separation is even meant to go on to uh, unity. Um, and then number eight is embracing the cutting and separation. As he forms you into a brilliant gemstone. So actually, so the Carith, it's uh, driv driven from the word carrot, like K-A-R-A-T. Like, so when we think of gemstones, to be cut and to be rounded, that's what it means, right? So to be separated, to be cut and rounded. Um, and what if the Lord is cutting and he's chiseling us, like Isaiah 62.3, into a crown, a diadem of splendor, so that the Lord, his light can shine through us, so that everyone can see the display of the Lord's glory through us, but that requires cutting. It requires some chiseling. And so it dawned on me that we should get used to doing hard things. I was, I was uh, working out the other day and I was like, this is hard. I'm literally in the, there's no one around me. I'm like yelling in the sauna, this is so hard. And then the Lord was like, you know what, you should Get used to doing hard things. Life is hard, but every good thing in life is worth the work because every, he, he promises that the work that we put into things, it's going to pay off in this life and for an eternal reward. So when we get used to doing hard things, that's actually preparing us for um, what the Lord is doing. It's strengthening. We need to be strong. In these days, in this season, we have to be strong and not live in a false reality that things are going to be easy because it's only going to get harder. I just read Revelation and see what's going to come. So the, the preparation for that, um, yeah. And one thing is Daniel actually really inspires me a lot with that, with, with working out. He was like, 
he said, you can't do, you can't do um, 100 push-ups. And I said, I know, I cannot. That's you want, and I can't. And he said, no, you can do 100 push-ups. I said, no. And then I ended up doing 110 push-ups, literally because um, he was encouraging me. And it was like the power of mental fortitude. And so actually, it, what we think, the, and that's in science, um, confirms whatever we believe is what we can achieve. And so truly, if we believe that God can do the miraculous in our lives, he will. And we, we have to continually allow the Lord to be moving in our lives and to stretch us and to do those hard things. Um, the next point is separation does not mean isolation. Actually, in this separation, I feel like some, some of us as believers can get uh, so eye-focused or so focused on the, our own healing journey that we forget the others around us. But actually, what if they're part of the healing process? When we invite other people into our healing process, when we serve, when we're here at Meal of Hope, looking care, taking care of others when we're still dealing with things, that is part of the healing. That healing comes when we become others-focused. We become vessels of the Lord to love and to heal others. Elijah actually was just given two people to love on during those three years, and it was the widow and her son. And he um, actually, in that story, ends up providing for them. So the Lord had provided for him because he was confident the Lord had provided for him. He could provide, he could pray and believe that God was going to provide for the widow and for the son and ended up praying for uh, the son died and there was resurrection life. He prayed for resurrection life for that son and he came again and restored that widow's faith. And she literally says, um, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So that's what she said after the Lord um, had resurrected her son. Signs and wonders will come from our hiddenness place if we allow him to use us. It's not like we have to be separated and like, oh, our life's on pause when he's pulling us away. No, he's calling us to do both at the same time, to reach out, to reach in. And the next point is to drink deep, eat well, and rest. So in this season, yes, there's some cutting, but yes, there's some beautiful enjoyment. Enjoying God's provision. Like literally, if we can just sit and reminisce, we, that's why we sing on Sundays. We reminisce on God's faithfulness, what he has done for us, because it builds our faith. And Psalm 16:5 says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. He makes our lot secure. He is preparing us. What if we can sit and rest and trust that the Lord is going to provide, bring those ravens? What the Lord's going to bring the water and the nourishment and everything that we need. Um, I just want to, um, my mom is actually writing an incredible book that I had the privilege of reading just the other day and it's so good but literally we're talking one of her points is i'll give you a little teaser um, one of her points is about um, mammon and money and the stronghold of mammon how that could take over our lives if but if we give it to the lord we can see him as our provider and he can financially uh, 
abundantly provide more than we could think, ask, or imagine. And so just stay tuned for that book because it's going to be incredible. But the, um, the times when we enjoy God's provision, just remembering what he has done. Um, and sometimes we get so focused on, oh, how's the next thing going to come about? Lord, you did that, but, but what about this next one? And he says, no, just finish the assignment and then I'll give you what you need. Just take the steps of obedience and then, and then I'm going to provide the rest for you. Um, one example of that is with my schooling, the Lord, you, most of you have heard the story of how he provided for the first year of my schooling with an incredible scholarship out of nowhere. That was amazing. And I was thanking the Lord. But then year two came around of nurse practitioner school, and I didn't have the finances for that. I knew he had done the first part, but kind of was getting a little like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? And I actually had a test that I had to take to pass, and I was actually so worried and so focused on how are you going to provide the finances for this second year that I wasn't studying like I needed to be. And then I really felt the Lord say, Emily, focus on what I've asked you to do. Just do it. Just study, and I'll take care of the rest. And so the scholarship I applied for, I wasn't supposed to get, or even here if I would get it until the end of December. I took my test in November. And I kid you not, 10 minutes after I took the exam, I get the email that you have received full ride uh, scholarship for the rest of the year to be covered. And it wasn't supposed to find out until the end of December, but literally the Lord was just showing me, see, little steps of obedience. What he did for me, he's going to do for you. Simple steps of obedience and trusting that he's going to provide. He's he will. We're, and we're almost wrapping up here, I know, with, for time. Um, the next point is the brook dried up. Oh, wait, what? That was the provision. <laughs> that was the provision. All of a sudden, the brook dried up. The ravens stopped feeding him. And then what? What about in our lives when we come to this point where we're going a certain direction and then a relationship changes or, or things are going one way and the job that we wanted doesn't happen. Um, what happens in this season? Well, I want to encourage you, when we're in the season of the brook drying up, that's when we're about to get to the good part. That's when the Lord is saying, all right, it's a shifting of seasons. It's a, time, a sign of transition, a time to move and to prepare to go into your destiny. That, so we should get excited when the brook dries up because he's going to have something better. If he was providing for you financially one way th for this season and it dried up, that means he's going to provide in a totally different way. And you're going to see the hand of God move in a different way. If your relationship, if God says to let go of this relationship, that means that he's going to bring in someone even better and for you in the next season. So um, just that season of transition that we can celebrate. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Lord, that you are preparing me for my destiny, for greatness. We have been chiseled. We've been transformed. The character is being birthed. We're learning to trust on the Lord. We're learning to um, allow him to provide. And the last point is Mount Carmel experience. <laughs> so the last part is he's preparing us for a Mount Carmel experience. What does that mean? That is when the breakthrough comes for Elijah. He is released and he goes. The Holy Spirit actually allows Mount Carmel, Elijah to go on to Mount Carmel. 
He is there in front of the presence of all of his enemies, in the presence of Ahab, 450 prophets of Baal worshiping idols, and 400 prophets from Israel. So this is a moment. He is He's been seen by man, but it doesn't matter because he was seen by the Lord at the brook. So he is secure in who he is. He knows his purpose. He knows his destiny. He's been shaped and transformed. And that is when they call down the fire from, from heaven and they see the living God on display. And that is what God wants to do. He is preparing each and every one of us to fulfill our high calling, to fulfill the destiny, the purposes, the promises, the things when the brook dried up, when those uh, dreams didn't feel like they were going to come to pass, when it feels stagnant, then the Lord is saying, okay, no, I, you, you gave me your desires. I took away even the things that you thought you were going to have so I can give you more, so that I can bless you to be a blessing. What if your blessing was to become a blessing for generations to come? What if your promise is not just for you? What if the fulfillment of what you've been asking God for is not just for us, but it's to impact people, it's to share, and it's to um, impact entire college campuses. Belmont College is going to be transformed. Um, Vanderbilt, Fisk, all these, you know, it's so much more. If we allow the Lord to use us, he's got a far greater mind and eye to see, okay, no, if she just lets go and gives me this area of her life, I'm going to bless her and her children's children. You know, God, that's how God's thinking. We're just thinking, oh, that hurts to let go. But the Lord's like, no, I want to bless them. I want to bless him and her and, and multiply that. He wants to multiply. He wants to use the test as a testimony, and he wants to turn that trial into triumph. So I just want to pray and seal that. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for those experiences of the Kareth, those times in our lives, Lord, where you have pulled us aside because you're a good father and you want to tend to your children, Lord. And I just thank you that you tenderly pull away the things of this world, the distractions. I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to embrace the separation of this world as we are becoming more and more like you as we are fixing our eyes on you and you're purifying our hearts and minds and, and anchor us, anchoring us in your identity, Lord, as sons and daughters of the Most High, as warriors for the kingdom of heaven, Lord. I just thank you that um, as you cut away, as you separate, um, you are refining us into these beautiful gemstones that we can be radiant, we can be royal diadems in the crown of our king that we could be the weapons that you have formed and forged, Lord, uh, for your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that in these seasons that we can rest and you will provide, that we can trust as we abide. And we thank you, Lord, that you would just fill us till we overflow so that when we do receive the promises uh, that you have promised and you will deliver. But Lord, I pray that it would be for eternal impact and for far greater generational blessings than we could even think, ask, or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you, Lord. Y'all get something out of that? That was power-packed. Praise God. Great job, Emily. Um, just a couple highlights just to tag into this, and then we'll have some ministry to um, 
finish this, seal it so the devil don't steal it, like we like to say around here. Um, so hiddenness, uh, like Emily started off with, it's not necessarily something we all jump up and down for when we hear about it, like, oh, hiddenness. Like, but those who are wise, those who learn to understand God's ways, and it's a learning. His ways are not our ways. But when we start to understand the way he works and the way he uses seasons of hid hiddenness, um, we start to be able to embrace it and appreciate it and work with it, not against it. Who's ever worked against what God's actually trying to do? And you're just knocking your head up against the wall, and he ultimately wins. <laughs> you know, it's just how long it takes for us to go, ding, you know, wow, I need to just submit to the process. <clears throat> and so just one thought, I was thinking, <clears throat> when you, Emily, so, so many good points in there, but the part about hiddenness is not isolation. And, uh, you know, God calls each of us as the body of Christ to a body, to community, to be partly a living stone being brought together by which the Spirit dwells. So we're brought together with other living stones. And so uh, isolation is deadly. Holy hiddenness, actually hiddenness leads to holiness. If you, There's another whole teaching in that too. Uh, but there's something that the devil wants to just always just counterfeit, just a slight shift similar to what God's doing, but just a little twist in it, just a little bit of bitterness in there, a little bit of, uh, you know, something to taint it, the very beautiful thing that God's trying to do. So when God calls us to hit, hiddenness, if we end up in uh, isolation, isolation can be a killer, okay? People, if you look at uh, suicides and these things, and many times people just start pulling away, they get disconnected. It's a common pattern, and isolation, I was like to say, I so, it's, it's that big I, right? That I so lonely, I so down, I so depressed. I, it, it just leaves you in this pit. But when you're hidden, but you're still connected with family and friends and vital people in your life, it's a whole different thing. Then God's working, but you're still balanced and you have input and you can stay healthy. Even if it's a season where God's tucking you away. And usually it's, it's, the, it's like, but I want to do this. I want to do great things for God. There's usually a noble sense of like, I want to use my gifts. I want to make impact. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just God does it his way and his timing. And many times what we think is preventing us from uh, moving into the things that God's called us to, you know, the, the preventing is actually the fermenting of who you are becoming. So at the right time, God's going to pop the cork. Y'all seeing this? And so stay connected in family in these seasons. Have have healthy input, have fa spiritual fathers and mothers, have brothers and sisters uh, speaking into your life, people you can trust, um, and you'll stay balanced, you'll stay healthy, and you'll come out stronger than ever. You'll actually probably come out quicker <laughs> than if you did it a different way, you know? Like they say uh, that in the, in the Bible or in God's ways that we can't really fail a test if you're a child of God. You just get to take it over and over and over <laughs> till you finally pass it. Does that make sense? And so I don't know about you, but I don't like taking tests over and over. I remember there was one class that I had to take over a second time, and I thought, this is so stupid. I should have I paid attention the first time. I was sitting in the back with my friend right beside each other, and we just goofed around way too much, and eventually we're like, you're going to be taking that over again. Okay. So I learned. Um, so... Um, 
And here's the other thing, important life lesson, just one last thing I'm going to comment, that when you've, you've heard this before to the point you might kind of ignore it, like, oh, yeah, yeah I know that. You're, you're, sometimes the most simple truths are the things that we don't really want to embrace, but we hear it, and we're like, and the truth would be, hey, when one door closes, another door is going to open. One door closes because another door is going to open. And we can go, yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm just still mourning and lamenting over the closed door. But when God slams a door or, or something happens and you go, oh, I guess I'm not going that way. I guess it's not the time. I guess that didn't, that business deal didn't work out. That relationship didn't work out. How many people here can say, wow, there was a relationship that I thought was the one. I thought we're, you know, and, and all of a sudden that just door closed somehow. But it was actually God preparing you to open the door for the right relationship. Anyone testify that? We got anyone up in here? Yes, that happens a lot. And so we have to trust him. I remember one time where the epitome of my music career, I thought, was hanging in the balance. And the, uh, a Grammy Award-winning artist that I had worked with up in Detroit area, and he was coming to Nashville, and he said, he said, McLeod, you're going to be my drummer, and we're going to do this world tour and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is like my, when all, the, all my buddies were out playing sports and doing everything. I was in my little drum room, you know, practicing hours and hours, sacrificing, tucked away, hidden. I was like, this is the reason why I'm going on tour with this particular tour, this artist, and here it is. And then at the last minute, the producer of the album uh, becomes the guy who's in charge of making, making the band, and he's got a friend. Everyone's got a friend, right? <laughs> and he puts that guy in the last minute. And I remember just crying. I remember the, the artist came to me, and he said, I'm so sorry. I goes, it's just the way it's going with the record label, and da-da-da. And I'm like thinking, this is the end, man. I don't know how to pull myself back together. Well, little did I know. Someone say, little did I know. <laughs> That's true. So many times we're so short-sighted. But God foresaw that he was closing that door, which I looked, I listened to later, and I heard the things that happened on the tour, and I'm thinking, I'm glad I wasn't there, actually. <laughs> but at the time, it was heartbreaking. You think it's over. I'm just going to be hidden here in Nashville. I thought I was going around the world with this, this situation. And, and, and watch what God does. He starts to open up me as a producer working with Warner Brothers and Sony and all these places that I could have never dreamed. I wasn't even knocking on that door. And all of a sudden, I'm producing, I'm writing. And watch this. I end up producing the very people that I just wanted to go on the road for. I just want to be a road drummer. Next thing you know, I'm in the studio. God flipped the whole thing, and he certainly knew what he was doing because the Lord knew I needed a good, solid job because I was fixing to meet my wife. And not that my wife didn't love me as I was, but her father and mother needed to know I had a solid producer job working with big companies and a good salary. I needed all the help I get to make that one land. And God helped me. He saw the whole thing. He switched it around, and, and I would have never known. Isn't God good? Yeah. Woohoo! Come on, someone's getting happy up in here. So, so in the places of hiddenness, here's your final thought. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 says, The people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. If you get to know God, and I'm telling you, you're mostly going to get to know him in the hidden places when you're waiting on him. You're thinking, God, but I got gifts. I could help you out, God. If you just let me out of this, you know, I'll come jumping out like a calf out of a stall. You know, I'm ready to go. We always think we're ready two years before, sometimes 10 years before. But when we just wait on the Lord and we're fermented the process of the Lord at the right time, someone say the right time, God opens the door and we do come jumping out because we're ready and we're ready to do the great exploits that God's prepared us for. And we truly are prepared. Can we get the music team up for a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Woo. 
So I just believe that we are truly in a time with supernatural provision. We're going to have to, like, like Elijah, Elijah had to learn to do, is trust the Lord. When God said, I'm going to hide you, he's like, well, but how does that work? How does that work? I mean, and then the ravens come and the supernatural provision. I believe we're coming into a time in the body of Christ that the traditional ways that things have always worked, we're going to have to know our God as our supernatural provider. I just want to put that out there. I think we're in some times, you know, I'm not saying necessarily famine's coming on the land, but there's things coming, and we're going to have to know our God. And out of knowing him, we will continue to do great exploits, even in times of great distress, distress and pressure. So, Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for Emily and bringing this, this wisdom and a life lesson, something that she's learned, she's walked through, Lord, and walking through. Give you praise, Lord. We thank you. Your ways are not our ways. They're better, Lord. Help us trust you. Help us know your ways, God. Begin to understand. So just running ahead in our, in our, our fervor, but, la- but not tempered with wisdom and experience, Lord. Help us experience you in these hidden times, Lord. Let your word grow deep in us, Lord. Build up our most holy faith in these times of quiet, because surely the day of great exploits are coming for your people, Lord, because we are built for impact. We're built to be the light that displaces even the greatest darkness of our times. We're built to be the salt that keeps this world from going to hell, to keep it from decaying, the salt of the earth. Lord, strengthen your people, Lord. Teach us your ways, God. Teach us your ways, God. And I just feel like we're just going to take a moment of quiet, and the Lord might speak to your heart. Maybe we've been fighting against him, wrestling. And it's just a time to surrender and say, God, I, I trust you. I want to enjoy this process. I want to enjoy you, Lord. I trust you, God. Mighty God. I trust you. Your ways are better. Father, I thank you for those who are here. You're going to open doors that no man can shut. But you also shut doors that no man can open. Your way, Yahweh. We follow you. We trust you. We look to you, Lord. Give us faith for supernatural provision that we don't have to strive in the natural to take care of ourselves, Lord. If you take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the fields, will you not take care of your children, God? Thank you, Father. We just have a moment for those who just want some prayer, maybe even wrestling through some of these things, and we're just going to have the ministry team come up front, uh, the, the pillars that are here, the staff, we just come up front, and we'll just be available for some prayer. But if you need a touch from the Lord and someone to agree with you, don't be isolated.